Rebag is a luxury resale marketplace. They have a curated collection of investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry. Each piece is carefully vetted and verified by experts. You can buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Hermes, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 10% off your first purchase with code REBAG10. That's Rebag.com to get 10% off your first purchase with code REBAG10. Betches Media presents Ha Ha Laugh Funny Mention It All A Bravo by Betches Podcast We don't say that but now we said it With Dylan Hafer Hold on track me bro And Barry Rosenfeld I need to start drinking alcohol Now go to sleep we Hey everyone, welcome back to the Mention It All podcast. I am Dylan Hafer And I am Barry Rosenfeld And I've never been happier to just be here (laughs) and recording (laughs) and talk about Bravo. (laughs) Barry has never been happier in her entire life than right now, Monday morning, going to talk about Potomac and Shaw's. This is, this is the peak of your existence so far. How do you feel about that? I'm, I mean, that's a strong, like, Okay. For, okay. So you lied. Way of putting it. I didn't, you know, yeah, I didn't <laughs> lie. I just was exaggerating. Maybe <laughs> it was hard for, it was hard for me to um, watch these shows yesterday. Cause I had to tear myself away from uh rush TikTok uh. because I've just been like fully, <laughs> fully engaged okay. uh, in what sororities these Alabama girls are going to end up in. Same. Um, and now it's over, but you know, we still have Bravo, thankfully. And is it over? How how like rigged was TikTok to the point where like, okay, Rush is over and like it didn't wasn't on my TikTok anymore. And I was like, are you guys serious? I want to know what goes on next. Like you know, see the so I followed some of the girls at Alabama because they didn't want to like <laughs> lose track of what was happening. But the crazy thing now, and we'll see how the algorithm handles this is that Rush is just starting at all these other schools. Oh, yeah. So I'm starting to get, like, Florida State, Mizzou, Auburn, Texas, Tennessee. Yeah, like, all, I think Alabama and Auburn do theirs, like, really early. And then a lot of the schools are doing it, like, this week. So I'm like, is it going to just, like, roll over? Or is Rush Talk, like... Roll Tide. Um, I <laughs> I don't know, but it was so... You know what I would have been mad at if I was going... If I was in one of these schools with these girls, yes. whatever... And just those like top four to six girls like bumped to the top of everyone's TikToks. I would have been like, what about me? Like, are you kidding? I want to I want to show some face on here. But I just have to tell you, moving on from Rush for one minute. So Friday was Friday. Friday was Friday the 13th, right? Yes. And I don't you know, I'm typically not like a believer and shit like that, whatever. But oh, boy, was I affected by Friday the 13th. My oh, first no. let's my computer, like I told you, my computer crashed completely. Yes. I just just got on like five minutes ago in my new one. My curtain rod fell down. Now my 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 rot my curtains are hanging by a thread. Look behind me. See, you see, there's a oh, hundred holes oh. in my wall. Something else, everything, everything was just like, I was like, you know what? I have to just like grin and bear it. Like I, I'm I'm not even stressing over this stuff. Like it, it is what it is. And I moved on. And I was like, wow, maybe, maybe it was just a coincidence, but now I'm like, do I believe in it? I don't know. I don't know. Okay. So let's, let's start talking about Potomac. 
So you, uh, I'm moving. You're struggling with your curtain rods. Um, <laughs> what do we think about this cottage in okay. Williamsburg? Because I thought the cottage was fine. I okay. My issue with the cottage was that it was five minutes away. I thought the cottage was on the property of the house. Like I thought it was like a guest house, you know, like right, right outside or on the on the property. Not that you have to get in a car and go to it. That's where I would be like a little annoyed because you can't get ready together ever. You have to meet everyone no matter where you're going. So like, I would never mind staying in the cottage. I actually would probably prefer it to be honest. But I also, I thought it was really, really funny that the women staying in the cottage don't have like a key card to open the door to the main <laughs> house. So every so time they, they go knock. over for a meal or something, they have to ring the doorbell. It's, I mean, that is, I feel like that's a, <laughs> that's a little bit of an oversight. Like, please just give all the women a key card. But I, the cottage seemed nice. I, you know, it's, it's nothing super special, but also Candace did put say on Twitter that they had a hard time finding places for them to go during the pandemic. So this was kind of like, the best they could do. And it's fine. Nobody is sleeping in like a shitty room, really. Guys, they could have all stayed in that house. They could have all stayed in that house. We don't know the bedroom situation. I don't know the floor plan. I don't know. (laughs) Oh my goodness. I know like they're all grown women. They don't all get along, whatever. But like they could have all stayed in the house. But anyway, whatever. It is what it is. I thought the most interesting part was that Candace was the voice of reason at this yeah. lunch I, where we left off. It's interesting because we have Mia and Escala who are both kind of like, okay, like, what's the issue here? Like, is there not, is there really a reason why we can't all be friends? And then we do have Candace stepping up as kind of the one who's been around longer and knows more of the background. And I, I think she has you know, a great suggestion of like, okay, you two, Karen and Giselle, please, please take some time separate from the group to actually sit down and talk and see if there is a way you can move forward because it is just toxic at this point. I mean, it's it's the kind of thing where on group trips on Housewives and shows like this, you never really expect everyone to be getting along perfectly and you don't really want everyone to get along perfectly. Like it works best when there is some tension and some disagreement and all of that. But Karen and Giselle are just at this point now where they're so they're just in this constant state of being like annoyed by the other one. And it just is too much. It's like, I want you to be able to sit at the table without having an opinion on every single thing the person is saying. Yeah. And for a split second, when Candace, I thought what Candace said was great. And I was like, for a split second, like they're going to let, they're going to do what she's saying. Like, oh my God. And then I watched the rest of the episode and I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> We're not going to have that talk anytime soon because. Well, yeah. They I, can't. I mean, I think it's, it's hard because like, I feel very, okay. So I feel very strongly that Karen is, blowing out of proportion or being, you know, dishonest about what Giselle said about Ray. I think she knows that Giselle didn't wish death on Ray deep down. And for her to say, you know, she posted this caption on Instagram over the weekend that 
you know, Giselle needs to apologize to her children because her children are upset by it. It's like, I don't really think Raven is sitting there crying about Giselle saying something about her father. I think Karen has used this, you know, to create this issue. And that frustrates me because I think it's like not coming from a place of reality, but at the same time, I think Giselle is just as messy. And so it's hard because they're both just in this permanent place of wanting an apology. And I just almost wish they would say kind of like let bygones be bygones and just start from zero. But it's clear, like even on social media, Karen doesn't have any desire to move forward from this. I don't think Giselle has any desire to be friendly with Karen again. And so it's like, as long as they're going to be in these situations together, it's going to be unpleasant. Yeah. And I don't know who more for them or the other girls that are there with them at any time. But on a much lighter note, which I was very happy to see and watch was Ashley's family photo shoot. So first of all, I always laugh at at Ashley's house because it's so like not oh kid friend. It just is like a hotel no. to me. Everything like, looks sharp. Yeah. And it's not, there's a giant pillar in the middle that I'm like, Oh my God. Like if I'm getting up it to get water in the middle of the night, like I'm going to walk right into it. But this photographer comes and these photos that they showed of Michael, Ashley and the two kids are so precious and beautiful. And like a breath of fresh air from like the drama on this show. It was, it was actually really nice to see for a moment because like it almost seemed like a new Michael. Did you feel that way? Um, Yeah. I mean, I'm hesitant to ever give Michael like a lot of credit, but I do think they seem like they're in a good place as a family. Um, You know, Ashley, it seems like is being really open about her concerns with the postpartum depression that she experienced last time. And like not wanting to go back to that place. And it seems at least from what we're seeing that Michael is, being more supportive and like just from the fact that when Ashley says she's going to go on this girl's trip for a day, Michael's not like, what about me? He's like, okay, yeah, you should go. Which I feel like a couple years ago, he might not have been as supportive in that situation. We'll see. I mean, I, I don't think Michael Darby is like an amazing person all of a sudden, but it is good to see him at least doing some of the right things. Right. And also very strange that Dean day by day is looking less like Michael. Like, remember? Yes. (laughs) Yes. When those first first few months, it was like, oh, that is Michael Darby's son. And now (laughs) I think, I think Dean is a really cute kid. Oh, they're so cute. Like the whole, it's, it's just like, and little Dylan doesn't have his, his jaundice has gone away. I know. I'm, I'm glad everything is just great. And then Ashley, we see obviously comes next episode, which should be interesting. Calling all my honeys support for today's episode comes from honey love. Whether you're a bride, a wedding guest, or simply seeking everyday smoothing, Honeylove is the go-to for all things shapewear. Honeylove has revolutionized compression technology, so you no longer have to feel like you're suffocating while wearing effective shapewear. For a limited time, you can get Honeylove on sale, get 20% off your entire order with our exclusive link, honeylove.com MIA. Support our show and check them out at honeylove.com forward slash MIA. When talking about shapewear, Honeylove's best-selling superpower short is the go-to. It has targeted compression technology that distinguishes between areas you want more support and areas where you need less compression. Their Signature X targets and sculpts your midsection without squeezing your natural curves. It's designed to work with your body, not against it. 
The Superpower Short is helping ladies everywhere sculpt and smooth from stomach to thigh by offering just the perfect amount of compression. You won't have to worry about it rolling down, which is unheard of in shapewear, thanks to flexible boning that's hidden in the side seams. This piece is also a booty lifter. Boost bands on the back and thigh give your bottom an amazing shape. Treat yourself to the best bras and shapewear on the market and save 20% off at honeylove.com MIA. Use our exclusive link to get 20% off honeylove.com MIA. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. Please support our show and tell them we sent you. Move with confidence thanks to Honeylove. Hey, I'm Andy Mitchell, a New York Times bestselling author. And I'm Sabrina Kohlberg, a morning television producer. We're moms of toddlers and best friends of 20 years. And we both love to talk about being parents, yes, but also pop culture. So we're combining our two interests by talking to celebrities, writers, and fellow scholars of TV and movies. Cinema, really. About what we all can learn from the fictional moms we love to watch. From ABC Audio and Good Morning America, Pop Culture Moms is out now wherever you listen to podcasts. Okay, so we got to talk about Ms. Wendy and specifically Giselle and Robbins. (laughs) Giselle and Robbins, I don't know if obsession is the right word, but they are, they're a little bit fixated on what's going on with Wendy. That's a good, that's a good word. And they're talking about it in the house before dinner, just the two of them when Wendy kind of walks in. And there, it's it's interesting because there are layers to this sort of fixation because part of it is just like, oh, she's dressing this way. She's maybe acting a little different. And that is one thing. And then there's the issue of this cheating rumor that we keep hearing about. And that to me is like kind of where it just gets messy to the point that you shouldn't bring it up because it's like when they're sitting at dinner, and they're taught and you know they're kind of starting to bring it up i don't necessarily think there's anything wrong with saying to wendy like i'm curious to kind of know like obviously you're dressing really different like you kind of have a different vibe than last year like like what's up like are you do you just feel like more comfortable blah blah, blah. like kind of walk me through how your your mindset but then the second giselle says the thing about last year you had substance <laughs> Yeah, That is just like, that to me was such a bizarrely like rude comment to make to someone like last year you had substance and now you don't. It's like, what? It's Why like, would you they, say that to someone? I, I couldn't even. Okay. <laughs> Funny you say that because that's a term or a phrase, I should say that I wouldn't even be able to think of to like tell someone I wouldn't be <laughs> like, I wouldn't be like you had substance. Like, what does that even mean? But it's, it obviously affected Wendy to the point, but it's, it is very strange to see Giselle do the things she does because it's like you're you're saying these things, you're purposely bringing it up in front of like the group because the more Karen said that last week, the more we're seeing that we're like she just needs an audience to talk in in front of and about other people. But it's like these women cannot wrap their heads around the fact that people can just like adjust who they want to be a little bit and like come out of their shell and like she has a different um, like career now or she's starting to. So she wants to like explore and see like what she can do and how to act. Wendy even said, she's like, I can, prof- I'm a professor and can still twerk. Like I don't, it's not one or the other. Yeah. And I, I thought it was like, 
kind of cringe that Mia spoke up to be like, well, actually, I think the box <laughs> is there for a reason. Because like, if you're a professor, there's a reason you're not twerking. And it's like, no. what? <laughs> what? <laughs> like, I think it's it's interesting to see these women sort of expose a little bit of their own maybe narrow mindset of like what a professor is supposed to be like what uh you know a wife and mother is supposed to be like and I think it's interesting because Wendy she says you know I still have the degrees I still work at Johns Hopkins like the actual like deep down qualities of like who Wendy is as a person haven't changed it's just that she's like showing you something different and so I think I don't think it's necessarily like I was saying, I don't think it's wrong to be like your vibe has changed or like you're, you know, we didn't see this side of you last year because I think that's objectively true. But when she's like, when they're like, your personality is different. What happened? It's like, okay. Yeah. It's a little aggressive. Wendy was actually on watch Robins live last night and she was like, they asked a question about the two of them talking about her marriage. And she's like, I find it interesting people talking about someone's marriage where they can't keep like a, a one themselves, whatever. And it's always funny to think about that. Like you're, you're talking and talking and talking about other people. Just like mind your business. First of all, it's very weird. I have to say as much as I love one day, I really do. I'm not a fan of the outfits the past two. Not about the, showing her the body. Versace, just, the Versace top it was, a was mess. not for me. It, yeah, it was a mess. It was a mess. And also like the bodysuit and sweat. Like I've seen that before, honest, obviously, like on online, yeah. whatever. But it just like it both in a row. I would never like comment on it the way Giselle did because I'm not saying it for the same reason she is. I just didn't like it as like a fashion choice. Not for- when um. <laughs> when Candace told her that her titties were in her neck. <laughs> I love when Candace, like me and my friends have done that too. If like your boobs are out, whatever. And Candace like came up to Wendy and she was like, whoa. And she like poked them. <laughs> Candace has like done that before to other people too. And she's so funny. She's so like, oh my God, that's like amazing. Those okay. So then the other thing that happens at this dinner that sort of sets things off is a Scala who I feel like sort of, comes into her own this episode a little bit. You know, she's kind of poking around the group, getting into the messiness a little bit. She asks Giselle if she can share her relationship status because it's interesting because I feel like at this point as a viewer, we've heard Giselle talk about not being with Jamal and that they're, you know, on a taking a break or whatever, but she hasn't really shared that with the full group. And Giselle says that she will not be sharing it with the group because she doesn't want to she doesn't want to talk about it in front of trolls and to be honest okay I know troll isn't like a nice word to call somebody but Karen I feel like is a troll of Giselle and her relationship with Jamal okay but five minutes prior we were having this conversation of we as in like I was sitting at the dinner about them trying to work it out so like Giselle, that's why Wendy was like, Giselle, that's not fair that you just said that. Like Giselle, why couldn't you have taken right. that one step right there and been like, I don't want to talk about it right now or like whatever, or try to be open with the group and just say what, what your status is like. But she had made that comment about Karen indirectly about her and not to her face. So it was like, awkward. it was like you just started up again, which yeah, is why I, you guys won't be friends. It's just ridiculous. Right. I think I understand. I feel like she is 
trying to be conscious of like how Karen might use what she says kind of to make her look bad. But I almost think at this point, we all know that her relationship with Jamal sucked or whatever. I almost wish she would sort of take a moment to like reclaim her own thing and be like, look, yeah, he was a piece of shit or, you know, maybe she doesn't want to say that about her, her baby daddy, but like, to say like, yeah, like the relationship had issues and like I had to do what was right for myself. And so we're not together anymore. And I feel like that's something that, you know, Karen might not be like dropping all her things and like going to give Giselle a hug, but I feel like she could at least respect maybe, okay, like you did what you needed to do as a strong woman. And I feel like by kind of furthering the divide between her and Karen, Giselle is like, she's like erasing any chance that they could. Right. Because she's just taking every opportunity to like make a dig at Karen, whether it's warranted or not. And it was also like, if you want to go talk on the side, we can do that. And I was like, really, you're going to have a separate conversation. Candace was like, I want to be there too. And like, so basically you're just going to tell everyone except Karen. It was like, so strange. Just say well, yeah. it. Just and I mean, fucking say it. It doesn't take Wendy's four degrees to figure out that Giselle and Jamal are not together. Like it's, <laughs> I feel like at this point, everybody kind of knows it's just like, she almost doesn't want to admit it that the relationship failed, but it's like, you would look probably better to Karen. If you were like, yep, I'm done with that man. He treats me poorly. Right. Something that really annoys me, especially in last night's episode is I don't want to see the conversations when we get home. I want to hear the conversations in the Ubers on the way back. You know, after that meal, like after anything that happens and they get in the car, someone's going to be like, oh my God, what'd you think of that? That's the raw footage I want to hear. Okay. You know, like in Below Deck. They do that a lot in Below Deck, but the drama in Below Deck is not as like legitimate as Real Housewives. Yeah, so we get a very, a nice conversation with Wendy and Karen. Yeah. But like you said, it's not, it's not like immediately after the fact. It's like the next morning they're sitting down (laughs) with each other. And okay, I think this was, it was a nice conversation. I think Karen was being very warm and caring to Wendy. But at the same time, I think Karen is being strategic. And I think she sees a big opening here because last season, Wendy was really, you know, more team Robin and Giselle. And I think Karen is very smart. And I think she senses, I mean, for obvious reasons that Wendy is not really feeling Karen and or not really feeling Robin and Giselle right now. And so she gets right in there and she's like, you know, team cottage, we're going to do this. Like, <laughs> uh, And I'm sorry. I'm laughing at the fact that Wendy comes out in this beautiful, almost skims like outfit, the white uh-huh. cotton. And Karen was like, you're more covered up today. Is it because of her? And I was like, no, she's, she's not, she's literally wearing the same crop top. It's just not as low down. Like she's like, is it because of her, but the things I completely agree with what you're saying, but she was very like, aunt like I don't want to call her mother like she was very aunt like and talking yeah. to her and be as much as she didn't doesn't like Giselle and is doing exactly what you're saying she was also being legit about what she was saying because Giselle is not a nice person to her and she's seeing her start to do the same things to Wendy and and since Karen likes Wendy yeah. she doesn't want Wendy getting hurt so when she said 
if you're wearing that because of her, if you're changing, like, don't you dare and go back upstairs and fucking change your outfit. Like, don't let her affect you. And the fact that it really did get to Wendy and Wendy got emotional was sad because like Wendy's like the strong woman, which and everyone's allowed to break down and have some someone affect them. But it just goes to show you that, like, just stay in your lane. Just that like it's one thing to be messy, but it's another to like get bored and just like constantly find things to right. talk about with other people's lives. And of course, you know, Karen is giving out that good wisdom, <laughs> but she can't do it without a little bit of shade. And she t- she tells Wendy, oh, don't worry about Giselle. She's been wiggling her fat vagina at us for five years. And when she said that, it's like, Karen! She Karen, says, she says one of the most like, she is one of the most raunchy people like on television, but it's so underrated. Like she went ahead and talked about like pubic hair at the dinner table and it went completely out the way. No one even not like everyone was like, right. really? But like no one else would say that besides Karen. And she does it in like such a way where I don't know, but fat, but I can't even say, I don't <laughs> wiggling. The wi- oh, like, what does that even mean? Karen. I can't wait to see the water aerobics class next week, though. I think that's going to be really funny. And yes, but I I'm sorry. I just have one thought. This it just came to me. Karen and Giselle are into to me such a competition. Do you Mm -hmm. view it that way? It's to me. They're competing to be like. The, I don't know what they're the number for. one girl in the yeah, group. Yeah, the number one girl in the group, but they really are like it really just is coming off to me that way as an actual competition of who can get to who first, who can get the most people on their side, who can talk the most shit, who can get it. That, it it's like, holy crap, they must have a calendar or an agenda or something at home, like with their notes, because it's a lot. No, I do think. Of. And it's interesting because I think to a certain degree, that's always been happening on this show. I think Giselle and Karen have always sort of been, you know, jockeying for the top position, you know, the grand dame versus like Giselle kind of the, I don't know. I feel like she's (laughs) sort of like the breakout star of Potomac a a little more than the others probably. But yeah, I mean, I think in past seasons, it was just a little more of like a, you know, fun shade and like kind of, you know, we have our little disagreements and our petty arguments, but this season it's so much more nasty. Like it just is, it's like darker and it's not as fun. And so I think, you know, at this point, like I don't have much hope this season that they're really going to come to any kind of understanding, but I would love if it was the kind of thing where we could have like a reunion moment where they really, figure something out or talk through something because I think it's, you know, if nothing happens to like de-escalate the situation, it's only going to get more and more toxic. And, you know, we already had that with Candace and Monique. It was not, I mean, it was a little different, but like when you have two people who just really can't like coexist, it's rough. And we already have, we already have Candace and Ashley too. Like, I don't, we haven't really seen much of them together. I was going to say they haven't even been in the same room yet this season, but that's that's coming next week. 
This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. An unlikely friendship begins in the Paramount Plus original movie, Little Wing, starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Reeling from her parents' divorce, Caitlin steals a valuable bird to save her home, but instead forms a bond with the owner, leading to a new outlook on life. Little Wing, now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Rated PG 13. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Let's talk a little bit about the Shaw's finale. I think we both agreed that this episode was not super exciting. Hashtag um, weak. It was a little weak. I will say the reunion preview, however, looks juicy. I'm so glad Paulina is going to be there because we need that. We need... <laughs> We need to hear her story. Yeah, but um, sorry, last night also, you know, I haven't done this in a while. I used to reference it every single week and now it's becoming more. But Reza was also on Watch Rappin's Live last night. Right. He said that he went, remember we were talking um a week or two ago that Mike and Paulina were on Watch Rappin's Live and everyone was like, what the fuck? He mm-hmm. even said like, he goes, it was so uncomfortable to watch. Like he, it was like mm-hmm. weird. And he said he wished... Mike allowed her to have fun. I feel like that narrative is really weird that everyone keeps saying like a lot. He needs to allow. allow yeah, allow. we don't. People aren't giving Paulina a lot of agency in that relationship. And I. That might be the way it really is, but I also feel like, you know. I would hope it's not quite as toxic as they portray it sometimes. Yeah, because, if you know, if she really feels like she can't see people or talk to people like that's a it's a major red flag so at this there are a lot of themes in one this cannabis infused themed spirit animal dinner that Gigi coordinated that everyone had to dress up and read their i was like oh my if that were me you know how i hate that i would be like get me out just Uh let me just eat whatever but it was funny it was cute whatever but i appreciated the fact that mike actually acknowledged the fact that he has an attention addiction, not to get confused with love and sex addiction. It's just strictly attention. And that took a lot because Mike never acknowledges like anything. So I feel like that's a step. (laughs) I think, you know, this season we've seen basically the entire time Mike sort of either being in denial or just like straight up lying about how things really are. Or, you know, we've seen a lot of kind of deflection from him Mm -hmm. and i think he hasn't been super honest for most of this season and i it was nice to finally see i think him opening up a little bit and you know i still think mike is like kind of a skeezy guy like it's weird this whole question of okay so like you and paulina are on a break no 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 no. we're not we didn't break up we're not on a break we're just taking a break from here I was like, wait, so you're physically not together. Right. So it's like, okay, so you went out of town for the weekend and and you're considering that taking a break for each. It's like, okay, I mean, whatever, whatever works for you. But it's interesting because the 
you know, the tone of the conversation that Paulina had with Destiny last week felt a little more, you know, it felt like a little more, a little worse than that. Like it felt like Paulina was more at the end of her rope than just like, I I want it three days without seeing him. <laughs> like, yeah. But then of course we see him get home from the trip and he goes back, you know, into her apartment. How whatever. dramatic I, was that? How dramatic? I know that, that felt like we were watching like Siesta Key or something for a second. <laughs> I'm like, okay. She like, opened the door the slightly. Yeah. And it was just his back. And I was like, wow, it's like a rom-com literally. Yeah, it's interesting. So everybody kind of gets their little, you know, cinematic endings. Gigi's new house looks really cute. I love mm-hmm. that for her. Um, you know, Nima's going to direct something. Um, I'm sure that'll be, you know, a big hit. Um, and then, unfortunately, we have to finish with this scene of Tommy and MJ. And MJ gives him the letter from Reza and he rips it up into pieces without even looking at it. So the thing is, he did say he he was like he I don't know if anyone else caught this, but he wasn't like never, which he said before. He was like basically acknowledging that it needs to be on his terms. And he was like, I'm not just going to get over this and realize it in one day and be like, hey, you know what? This is over. Like he needs like a lot of time for him to be OK with that. And he. But at the same time, like. MJ was like, this, this could be the realization that it could be like, never. So I, and then again, Reza said last night that the way MJ handled it and gave him the letter was horrible, but he didn't go further into it. Like as if what he would have done, I don't know how she, I mean, maybe, maybe she could have like prefaced it differently or explained it a little bit, but I feel like she just really doesn't want to get in the middle anymore. So she kind of was really like the middleman and gave the letter and was like, you do what you want with it. Yeah, it's hard. I mean, I feel like we took steps back. She's in such a tough spot because like, I understand she doesn't want to, you know, she doesn't, she wants to be respectful of Tommy's feelings. She doesn't want to push him too hard, but at the same time, it's like, this is something that is really important to her. And so it's it's like yeah. you wish Tommy could be a little more understanding of her feelings. And I I kind I wanted her to just I wanted her to be to like push just like a little harder. And maybe she did, maybe we didn't see it all, but I wanted her to be like, this really means a lot to me. Like you really can't, even if you even if you're not ready to forgive, you really can't just read the letter. Like, I don't know. It's it's so you're saying hard. like meet halfway with feelings. Like she's acknowledging his, she should he should right. acknowledge I feel her. Like Tommy's strong suit is not compromise. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think in a situation as, you know, complicated and like sad as this, it's like, just read the letter. Like, even if you still are going to, even if you are going to be like, I'm going to hate him no matter what, like just read the fucking letter. I don't know. I don't know. I, there's no like good way to, do this, but based on the reunion clip, it seems like Reza still has not met Shams. So I don't, I don't think so. But I, it's it's really it's really sad because if anyone can put themselves in that position with their best friend, like it's upsetting. It's really sad. Mm-hmm. So I, like I said, I hope it seems like they took some steps back after this reunion, but I'm not sure. We'll see. Um, and yeah, <sighs> we will we will be here to recap it. So <laughs> what a bundle of fun. Um. 
in the meantime, Barry, are you going to bid on anything from the Girardi? <laughs> I don't want to like touch anything. I don't want to be part I know, of it. I feel like some of that stuff is cursed. <laughs> yeah, like I don't want my money. No, nope. I'm okay. Thank <laughs> you. <laughs> I don't know. They've got a lot of printers that are like almost free. <laughs> I know. It's like we're like our fax machine still like a fi- <laughs> like a to people. Well, that's fax. the thing. It's like none of the listings have that much information. <laughs> so it's like, okay, it's a $1 photocopier, but also you have no idea if it's from like the nineties. Does it still work? Like, okay. I would, <laughs> does it have I like would, the right plug to, for your computer? I would bid if it was something maybe from Erica's closet, like anything from Erica's closet, but I know. not the office. Like, that's hello. The one. <laughs> I'm like, so curious to see whether there's going to be like an EJ global auction because you know there would be like all the stuff from the clubhouse like neon signs makeup brushes like (laughs) her extensions her makeup brushes i'm talking about like her shoes jewelry shit like that like stuff her like vintage like messino like i can't okay but that's the thing it's like you're looking through these like pages and pages of girardi office supplies that are like (laughs) essentially free and it's like you know that like one of erica's handbags would cost as much as all of this stuff like why is that stuff not going up for auction and it might only be a matter of time who knows well book my ticket no (laughs) well thank you for listening happy shopping if you're gonna check out (laughs) the auction just google like girardi keys it's like the scholastic book fair but for adults oh my god God, i would i'd miss the book fair Okay. Thank you for listening. We will be back tomorrow. We have an interview with Dorinda Medley. It's very exciting. Her book is coming out tomorrow. And we talked about that and Roni and all that good stuff. So definitely make sure you're subscribed or following our podcast. so You don't miss that. And in the meantime, you can follow us on Instagram at Bravo by Betches. And, you know, just be cool. Don't be all like uncool. Mention It All is produced by Sean Kilby and Jorge Morales Pico. Editing by Sean Kilby. Social media by Dylan Hafer. Guest booking by Nicole Pellegrino. Be sure to follow at Bravo by Betches on Instagram and Twitter. Betches.